Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Understanding China and their desire for control seems pretty easy on the surface. China wants to be in charge. China wants to have control. China wants to control, for example, the 5G network. The Internet of Things, they want to be able to control transactions. They want the United States to fail so they can have power because what they have are needs. We've broken this down. They have tremendous food needs. They have tremendous energy needs. And they are suffering from a very serious issue, which is a population issue. The one China policy, which was in in place for years damaged the population sure 1.4 billion people today they're gonna lose 700 million people in the next hundred years or less because of aging population and nothing to backstop behind it then they suffer from another issue with the nothing to backstop behind it, meaning a population. They have less and less people of working age who can then provide the services that people were promised under the communist regime, which means less and less services, which, of course, translates to less and less food. This is the way it is going. And there are very few things that China can do to stop it. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Find everything at TonyCats.com. The phone number, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. Very few things that China can do to stop it. Uh, first, it's not easy just to create more Chinese people. Creating more Americans is easy. We do it in the following way. Raise your right hand and repeat after me. You can create an American by somebody wanting to be an American, to believe in the ideal and the idea. Which is why what we see in the United States is so incredibly dangerous when we see people come from other countries and then claim that where they're from is better than where they're at. Oh, we had to come to the United States, this racist, bigoted, horrible country. We were happy in Guatemala. No, you weren't. I know it, you know it, your meemaw knows it. You weren't. That's why you came. Oh, I was a baby. I was forced to come here. Yeah, and lucky you. I mean, that's just reality. Doesn't matter the posturing up top. We know what's going on underneath. We know this. And I certainly would rather see a much better Central America and South America so people can be happy in their nations and their nations can prosper. It's one of the reasons when we discuss immigration, one of our conversations should be about how do we help better those nations where they are so instead of people leaving for, for jobs or other reasons, they have more incentive to stay. That's a, that's a national security conversation and a host of others. It, it, it is a valuable conversation and one that should be part of the overall immigration uh, conversation. The Chinese can't just say, raise your right hands. Can't create Chinese people that way. So how do you go about trying to solidify what you have, be able to feed your country, be able to feed the energy needs of your country so you can get back to greatness, so you could survive what is clearly coming as this population bomb and this downturn. 
Well, the answer is get control now while you can. This brings us to Carmel, Indiana. Now, if you didn't know, I live in Carmel, Indiana. I sometimes feel weird about discussing where I live, but I, you know, I, I, I guess anybody who wanted to figure it out could figure it out. So I don't know. I, I guess it's okay. Well, I got sent this uh, this tweet. What do you think, Tony Katz? Are you ready for China to take over your town? I'm like, well, what are you talking about? It's a tweet from the city of Carmel. Now, if you don't know Carmel, Indiana, Carmel, Indiana and the state of Indiana is where the money is. It is. Carmel, Zionsville, Hamilton County, that's where the money is. Of the entire state, that's where the money is. And the town that's been built out of Carmel is simply uh, an example to the rest of the country. This is how you do it. It's number one this and number one that, the number of Fortune 500 companies who headquarters here. You dream of raising your kids in Carmel, Indiana. The people of Indiana hate, hate Carmel. Make fun of Carmel. I live in Carmel and I make fun of Carmel. And if you ask how I live in Carmel, I had moved to Indiana nine years ago to do radio. And I said, where should I live? And people said, do you have kids? I'm like, yeah, I have kids. And they said, you moved to Carmel. I swear to you, that's what they said. So I moved to Carmel. The kids are in Carmel schools. I'm not going to move out of Carmel. It's an absolutely lovely city. It's got its peculiarities. It's got its weirdoness. It's got some odd people, some odd birds. Every place does. But in terms of how the city was built, it really is something else. A lot of that has to do with a guy by the name of Jim Brainerd, the mayor of Carmel, who is not running for re-election. I think he's been mayor for like, I don't know, nine million years. Really, you can argue he built the city. Had this vision, built the city. Is he a good guy? Hasn't been to me. I had him on the show, on my morning show once, the, the mayor of Carmel, Jim Brainerd. And um, it was a conversation about like a, like a reflecting pool that's in Carmel. And it wasn't that old and the, the concrete was already cracking and it had issues. And, I, and I, I said, you know, do we, do we need this? Is it really worth repairing? We can... We can do something else with it, and it was clearly uh, it was the, the the pool was a uh, like a memorial to veterans. And his exact words for me to, were, "Well, if you don't care about veterans, is that what you took from it? If I if you cared about veterans, you would have built a reflecting pool that didn't have bad concrete." I mean, there's a million ways you can answer it, but that that's the level of of, of ridiculousness and thin skinned um, uh, the mayor is. Uh, th- th- that, that we're not friends is, is totally fine. If I saw him on the street, I'd say hello. And I'd, I'd, leave it, I'd leave it at that. I've had better uh, relationships and better conversations with mayors in, in, in other cities because they can, they can handle themselves. Jim Brainerd, I've, I haven't found that to be true, but you can't deny what has been built in this city. And you take a look at the rankings, and he's got a lot he can hang his hat on. You can't take that away from the men. But the tweet is from the city of Carmel, city of Carmel, I-N. And it's not Carmel. That's the one in California. Mayor Brainerd welcomed a visit last week with Chinese Council General in Chicago, Mr. Zhao Jian. The leaders discussed the China-U.S. relationships and cooperation between China and Carmel. Mayor Brainerd will be leading a delegation of U.S. mayors to China this fall. Now, something you should know about uh, Jim Brainerd is that he states he's a Republican, and absolutely nothing about him shows that. 
He's a believer in the green wokeness, and um, he ha- he long has been. The taking away of drivable lanes of traffic to ensure more bike lanes has all happened under his his watch. And now this. One could ask why Jim Brainerd would sit with the Chinese Council General in Chicago. Why that person is paying a visit to Carmel? We have seen. Chinese outreach like this through, for example, Confucius Institutes on college campuses. But these are not places where people learn more about Chinese culture. These are places that work to ensure that there is no anti-Chinese sentiment, meaning you cannot speak ill about communism in China and the oppression of Uyghur Muslims. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, that's horrible. Oh, that's that's anti-Chinese hate. No, it's just fact. And it's actually anti-communist uh, hate. And most importantly, it's important to be anti-communist and to hate communists. The only right position on communism is to be opposed to it and despise it. These meetings, these meetings are about, not about Chinese growth, They're about pushing agenda. And the agenda is not a pro-American agenda, and I would argue is not a pro-Carmel agenda. Carmel needs zero investment from China. Zero. And there need not be any cooperation and relationship between Carmel and China. As a matter of fact, you would be a fool to think so. Uh, There is a mayor's race in Carmel. You've got the Republican Sue Finkham. You've got the Democrat. These are both the candidates. Republican Sue Finkham, Democrat Miles Nelson. Both should be opposed to creating relationships with China. You want to create some kind of trade opportunity with Ireland? Cool. You want to create a trade opportunity with Israel? Right on. You want to create a trade opportunity with Guatemala? Let's talk. China, no thanks. Why would a delegation of mayors go to visit China? To be lied to? To buy into more propaganda? And come back and pretend? And pretend that all is well and they're doing great work? Oh, look at the high-speed rail. Look how they care about the environment first. China, the biggest polluter out there, sans maybe India. Not a, uh, a subscriber or a signer or a signatory to the Kyoto Protocols or the Paris Climate Accords. No, 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 no. None of that. They will do whatever they want to do. They will do whatever it is they feel they need to do. The United States should bend over backwards. This is why China still wants to be known as a developing nation as opposed to a first world nation. So they can get more leeway. But as we all know, as rational people, China is just abusing the system because that's what China does. The city of Carmel wants to further a relationship with a nation that lied about the origins of COVID. Residents in Carmel died of COVID. China's responsible. What are, you, what are you furthering? You see, when, the, when you talk about a, a national relationship and the purchase of goods from China and the trade with China, well, that's going to happen. 
And it should happen less and less. But there's no need for, for the mayor to get involved. As a matter of fact, I think there's only a reason for the mayor to say, no thanks. We're not interested in the meeting. We're not interested in the meeting. You are a problem. You come with baggage we don't want. Carmel, Indiana has no interest in trying to push the Chinese way. Your way sucks. On a federal level, are we going to be engaged with trade? Absolutely. You know what else we should be doing on a federal level? Preparing to spend billions of dollars to help businesses transition out of China for manufacturing. It's a national security issue. That's where we should be spending our money. Maybe you want to bring some of that business to Carmel, Indiana. Maybe Carmel wants it. Now, maybe Carmel would argue, no, that's not really the kind of business we bring here. We'd rather some other things. But there are plenty of other places in Indiana that might want the business. Now, that's something we should put together. A delegation of mayors to go to business owners all around America and other countries who have manufacturing in China to convince them to pull the manufacturing out of China to further weaken China and lead to their the annihilation of the Communist Chinese Party and bring that manufacturing to the United States and show off what your community has to offer. Show off what your city can bring. That's a smart move for the mayors. Meeting Meeting with Zhao Jian was a mistake and is not a position of strength. It's a position of weakness. The strength position would be that the Communist Chinese Party abuses Uyghur Muslims. The Communist Chinese Party does not believe in freedom and therefore we cannot in the city of Carmel in good conscience make them think they have safe harbor here. I call on the President of the United States to do more to bring China to the table to end the human rights abuses, you got to use their language, and bring about a better day for America, for China, and for the globe. That's the statement. I, I had never put those words uh, together like that. It was pretty easy. It was pretty, uh, Mayor Brainerd could have just called me. I, I, I would have helped him. I mean, I'm right down the road for the love of the Lord. People who look at this and have concern are right. It's so see, it's seemingly so easy when you're in public office to think, oh, this is what you have to do. Oh, this is how you have to handle. Oh, this is what you have to meet. What happens saying no? Would it mean that Carmel is closed-minded? Of course not. Would it mean that Carmel is bigoted? Of course not. Although I would argue not appeasing communists is the right move. And if someone calls that bigotry, tell them to go to hell. Communism is pure evil. Anybody who supports communism is wrong. Communism has no place in Carmel, Indiana. No thanks. No thanks. I mean, it's seriously, in the state of Indiana, don't we get enough communism out of Bloomington? Oh, too soon? No? Yes? Am I going to get emails? Uh, you can email me, uh, uh, what, what was it, Tony at TonyCats.com. Go ahead. Oh, I'm going to get yelled at. I'm going to get so yelled at. But this was a, a tweet about the mayor of Carmel, Indiana, where I live. This is happening all across the country. 
This is part of China's move and maneuver to try and create relationships and utilize dollars to try and leverage relationships so you'll look the other way while they go about trying to amass the power that allows them to survive what is coming in their own population with the issues that they have brought upon themselves. I don't believe that you should throw your enemy a rope. I believe in letting things play out. They bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. I say, let them crash. You don't set the meeting. You don't shake their hand. You don't take pictures. You say, no thanks. Carmel, Indiana will grow without you. And then you just continue to grow, continue to build. And you actually engage some leadership that you can show off to the constituents. Leadership maybe could have gotten you another term. We'll see if any of the candidates want to exhibit some leadership before it's too late. I'm Tony Katz. Well, they're extremely harmful because they're basically throwing the entire uh, apparatus of federal law enforcement under the bus in their eagerness to wrap themselves around Donald Trump's lies. They would prefer to have people believe that Christopher Wray, a Donald Trump appointee who himself is a conservative Republican, is involved in some kind of conspiracy against Donald Trump and his supporters, rather than accept the fact that Donald Trump took with him uh, hundreds and hundreds of documents that didn't belong to him, many of them confidential, top secret, um, That's Representative Jamie Raskin making absolutely no sense on CNN. Director Ray, it wouldn't matter if he's a conservative or a Republican or if he was my uncle. The issue here is the presentation of the FBI, how they have acted, what they've engaged in, what they have not engaged in. That's the story. Republicans attacking Director Ray is extremely harmful to the FBI. Guess what? The FBI needs to get dismantled as is and rebuilt as an organization that actually does the job. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. I'm not the only one who thinks this. The FBI should lose everybody in the top brass and be rebuilt. If if you believe in the concept of drain the swamp, you believe in this concept. People got to lose their jobs by the thousands Same thing is true with the State Department. Same thing is true with the DOJ. People got to lose their job, a total cleaning house. Now, you can tell me, hey, you're going to lose a lot of institutional knowledge that way. Maybe. But what if that's exactly the thing that has to happen? Institutional knowledge is people who know how to do the job and they understand certain uh, cases and certain investigations and sometimes you need that information. But what if institutional knowledge also includes those people who got their jobs because they were political, had a certain political bent, certain political ideology, pushed certain little political narratives? That's the stuff you got to move out. You got to clear it out so you have something better. Right now, the FBI is not trustworthy. Who cares if Raskin, Democrat Raskin, says uh, that it's harmful? I think it was harmful for him to challenge the election results of Donald Trump which he did in 2016. And then he had the audacity to be one of the impeachment managers regarding challenging the election results in 2020. He's a peach, I tell you. It is not harmful to ask questions of the FBI director. It is harmful for the FBI director to lie about the answers or not answer them at all. 
And if Representative Raskin was honest, that's what he'd be talking about on CNN. This is Tony Katz today. Protect Joe Biden at all costs. Now, you know, and I know, and we know, and they know that we know, and we know that they know that we know that the political left and the media apparatus absolutely believes in this theory. Protect Joe Biden at all costs. He makes a gaffe, don't pay any attention to it. He tells another lie, don't pay any attention to it. He gets bottomless Pinocchios from the, wall, from the Washington Post, don't pay any attention to it. He's slurring his speech, don't pay any attention to it. He doesn't know how to get himself off a stage, don't pay any attention to it. And if anybody brings it up, accuse them of ageism and talk about how Bidenomics is going great. We see this time and again and again. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. And then usually when these things get brought up, it'll immediately turn to, but Trump, you can hate Trump all you want. I don't care. We're talking about the problems with the current president of the United States. And they are problems. And nobody buys into the idea that he skipped this NATO dinner because he was hard at work for the American people. Bullcrap, he was taking a nap. You know it, I know it, they know it, they know we know it, we know that they know we know it. He was taking a nap. He's old and he's tired and he cannot keep up. Age is going to be a factor in this election for the first time. We will not listen to the ageism conversations. When I say the first time, you can argue that they absolutely went after Ronald Reagan on the subject. This one, it will be top story. It cannot be denied. Joe Biden is too old, and people are going to argue that Donald Trump is as well. Except Donald Trump clearly has far more energy than Joe Biden. But this isn't about Trump. This is about Biden not being able to do the job. This is about Biden's incompetence. This is about Biden's lack of awareness. You, you, you understand, you know, you recognize that he's not okay. He doesn't have it all together. That he doesn't necessarily know where he is at all times. And it just looks abusive in so many ways from this White House, from his own wife, Everyone, they don't care. Just put the body out there, roll him out, say a couple of words that nobody can understand because he's slurring this, that, and the other, and then roll him out after he can figure out where he's going. And then when anybody says anything, say, but Trump. This is no way to run a country. And certainly, this is no way to treat the American people who can see They can see. They know that this is an issue. They know that he's not okay. They know with their own eyes that Joe Biden is not all right. What's interesting is when you have members of the press saying, hey, Joe Biden's not okay. Why aren't you his staff doing more to take care of him. This was Mika Brzezinski on um, MSNBC having this conversation, 
discussing the problem. And the problem as she sees it is not that Joe Biden's 80, it's that his staff isn't doing enough to protect him. They're not doing enough to care for him. Listen. And with Reagan, they also managed to schedule very carefully. Yeah, I think his staff needs to own his age. I'm just going to be honest. I don't think they do a good job uh, helping out the president. And I'm not talking about it like I'm just saying if you are managing a president's schedule and you are managing a president getting on stage and getting off stage and doing getting on planes and getting off plane. And yes, he's 80. You need to be there for him and you need to make a pathway. And you sure as hell better make sure he doesn't fall on a sandbag oh okay so we're now admitting that he's too old for the job but note that she's not actually admitting that even though that's clearly what's being said she's saying he's too old for the job but if his staff would just cover for him better we can squeak it by the american people those dumbass suckers and we can get them four more years well really make them our puppet for four more years and i blame the staff for that i mean these are the things that are going to hurt him these are things that are going to be played on a loop okay let him do his job let him do his speeches let him work on policy let him do his connections in congress unlike any president on that we've seen uh, I, I don't know since clinton but my god Make sure, you know, your Secret Service, you're his staff, that you were there and you're telling him what's next. And it's not because don't don't take this as, oh, he can't even get from one place to another. When you're busy and you're on stage and we've been on stage, I've done speeches and I'm so nervous. I'm doing the speech. I'm trying to get it right. And when it's done, I don't know which way to go. And hold on a second. Can we just 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 a moment? Oh, okay. I've done speeches. I've been on stage. I know where to go. And the reason I know where to go is that I know where I came in from. So I know where to exit. But let's argue that I didn't know where to go. Can't I just walk in a direction? Must I at every single time I'm getting off a stage be confused about where I'm at? It's not that every now and again he heads in the wrong direction. You remember that famous one of George Bush going to leave a room and the door was locked? It's very funny. It's very funny. It can happen. No one's arguing that it can't happen. Of course it can happen. The issue here is that it always happens. When the big bunny rabbit... The guy, whoever was dressed in the bunny suit, some people said it was Jen Psaki. I don't know if it was or it wasn't. Maybe it really was. I don't think it was. Uh, and and Biden had to be directed back to the event. Um, do you think that's normal? How do you think that looks? If there's already a perception of he's too old, you don't magnify the perception. What Mika is discussing here is don't let people see it. But isn't it too late? Like, couldn't we argue that it's too late? Everyone's already seen it. So what are you even talking about? Don't let people see it. Everyone's already seen it. It's already there. Cat's out of the bag. Now you're going to tell us 
Now you're going to say to us, no, 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 no. If you don't tell people now, if you just cover it up now, you can absolutely fool everyone. The cat's stealing you. The oyster's shucking you, I told him. You got the right ta-ta, but the wrong ho-ho. By the way, one of John Candy's finest performances. It's short. I would love to see the uncut version of JFK. That's the movie that's from. Oh, Candy is so good in that role as that lawyer. So good. Better than good. Gone too gone too soon, Uncle Buck. Gone too soon. Mika is relentless in the audacity. I'm looking for direction. So do a better job because you can't have these video images of the president tripping or the president like going the wrong way. It's not going to work in this presidency because his age is going to be a factor. His age is going to be a factor, and it's your job to make sure he gets from one place to another. He can handle the presidency. You have to handle his schedule and where he goes. Well, and, and- What makes you think he can handle the presidency? He just took a nap instead of attending the dinner. How many times does he just take a nap instead of? You know what they told us when he took the nap? And by the way, that's me saying he took a nap. But he didn't attend the dinner because he had a grueling schedule doing the work of the American people. Three days before, he was swimming in Delaware wearing his turtle bathing suit. Little, little turtles on it. He wasn't working too hard then, but that night at a NATO summit, he's working too hard? Oh, is that right? Or is it because the sun went down and when the sun goes down, he gets a little cranky? You think that none of us have aging parents? You think that none of us in America understand the concept of sundowners or at least the idea that when the sun sets, uh, your parents of a certain age, they're not as up and with it as they used to be. It's, it's, it's just age. It, 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 it happens. Me, I, I don't want to fight age. I want to fight that. I can accept the fact that my body cannot do certain things that it might be able to have done prior the mind, that's the one. That's the one that I, I, I've made, at least the decision for me. That's the one I want to fight. No, I admit I take better care of my body now than I did 10 years ago. I do more working out now on a regular basis, not necessarily with major weights, just to keep things going, and I will for the rest of my life. Stretching, yoga, what? What is, what is it? Is that funny? Stretching matters. Being limber matters. You're, you're 30 right now. It doesn't mean anything to you. Uh, wait till you're 60. And I'm not 60. I'm saying it's going to matter greatly when you realize, my God, I can't even put on my own shoes. I guess I'm getting slip-ons for the rest of my days. When you're searching Amazon for those, for those shoehorns that are four feet long, ah, that's because you never figured out how to touch your toes. For the record, yes, I can touch my toes. Do my knees bend? A little bit. I don't have the flexibility in the hamstring uh, that I would like to have to have my knees at, at, a, at a full straight. I didn't, I didn't stretch it when I was a kid. I didn't do enough when I was a kid. It came later. I absolutely do it now. Watching. I have made certain decisions watching my parents get older. Oh, oh, whole life changes. Actually, I will tell you this, business changes. And, and one day soon, 
I'll get into it because I'm a man with with a plan. What I've witnessed over the last couple of years with my parents' health, and man, it it fell apart quick. And I've said this before, that my mother is alive right now is amazing. Over the past year and a half, I thought she was going to be dead three times. I mean, I can share with you where I was when I really thought I had had the last cogent conversation with my mother ever because her mind was just falling apart. And then we kind of, we, we actually figured out what was wrong with her. It was a, it was a mix of, of medications and lacking of, of, of certain medications um, that created the, these issues, these, these delirium issues and everything. Oh, it's brutal, brutal. And if you have aging parents, you're like, oh my gosh, that happened to me. It, it, or you've got something different. It's, it's very rough stuff. It's very, very rough. So I've, I've made changes in terms of how I see the future and, and how I want to uh, act in the future, things I clearly have to do now and some things that I want to get into now to ensure the, the, the better future. I've, I've seen that. When you watch Joe Biden, you recognize that this is an old man. What Mika Brzezinski there at M- MSNBC is saying is accurate that you want to better help Biden and limit these kinds of moments. The problem is it's too late. You're asking America not to remember. And the answer is no. And when they do remember and they do bring it up, you tell them that it's ageist and you tell them that it's bigoted. You tell them it's disgusting. And how dare they? Wrong. How dare you lie to them? How dare you think that we shouldn't notice what's happening right in front of our face? How Orwellian of you to say the only uh, things that matter are what we tell you that matters. Only we can tell you what matters. You can't decide what matters for you. You're getting misinformation. When we tell you what matters, that's the real information. The only thing you need to listen to is what we tell you. You need to listen to what we say. We are the news. We're the ones who decide. And you don't get to decide for yourself. You don't have your own mind. That's the argument Mika Brzezinski is making. That you see it, but maybe they can fool you into not noticing it, not saying it. Maybe they can fool the rest of the country. That is to believe that the rest of the country at this stage of the game hasn't seen it. Now, I'll argue that not everybody is a total freak like you and me. And we're paying attention to these things, we're talking about these things, we're engaged in these things. You you understand that you're a freak, right? You understand that you are a political junkie freak and the vast majority of Americans just want to know when Taylor Swift is back in concert. That's it. That is all they're interested in. And uh, to a point, they're not necessarily wrong. I think you got to just be aware of all the things. But at this stage of the game, your belief is that this group of Americans uh, who aren't junkies like we are haven't seen that Biden's an old man and maybe you can fool them when it comes to November 24. That's the argument Mika Brzezinski is making. If the staff would just work a little harder, you can lie to those people who aren't paying attention over there so when they finally pay attention, they'll think Joe Biden is young and virile and totally hep to the jive, and they'll vote for him. Man, that's a, that's a, that's a lot of hate. This conversation from Mika should have happened in private, and it should have happened a year and a half ago. And by the way, maybe it did. 
This is more than just a weird um, admission from Mika. This is actually an admonishment of the Biden administration. And it's, it's man, this is, what's the word I'm looking for when uh, things are flailing out? Desperation. It's a commentary about the desperation that Democrats have regarding Biden and 2024. Yes, that's very real. I'm Tony Katz. And we're working the lockstep on to tackle climate crisis, which you've been leaders on for a long time. And uh, in order to literally preserve our planet, it's the only existential threat humanity faces. And we don't have a lot of time, but I'm confident if we continue to work together, we can deal with it. The only existential threat humanity faces is climate change. Oh, sure. You got it. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Uh, it's not the Chinese. Nope. Nope, it's not. Radical uh, is, is Islamic terrorism, which still exists. We just don't talk about it as much. Um Look, if you want to argue that conservation has value, I'm in. If you want to argue that the United States should end its sovereignty and go along with other nations and end up with massive wealth transfers, the answer is no. Because that's all we're talking about when we talk about these climate treaties and other things. We're talking about massive wealth transfers. Just like we saw from the, from the uh, what was it, the In- Inflation Reduction Act? It wasn't about inflation. It was about putting money into green projects. Wealth redistribution. That's not an answer. That is a political agenda. Find everything at TonyKatz.com tomorrow, everyone. Take care.